0: So it feels like I've been um, pondering these texts um, most of my life, preaching on them for the last 30 years. Um, A new idea doesn't come easily um, after all of those years. So um, I was blown away this week when I came upon a new idea, something I'd never thought about, especially with the Gethsemane scene. Matthean scholar uh, Warren Carter suggested that the... uh, The background music to that scene is the Lord's Prayer. I never thought about that. Have you? Interesting, isn't it? He finds three places where it occurs there. The most significant for me is actually the most obvious. I mean, think about it for a moment in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in heaven echoed in Gethsemane. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Interesting, isn't it? In some sense, Jesus is an embodiment of his own prayer, the prayer that he has taught all of us, inviting us to embody that same prayer during this this most holy season of the year, Holy Week. Um, Let's just think about it. That, that, that phrase that, that we all know so well in the Lord's Prayer thy, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as in heaven. Now, you, you probably knew this, but, but, but I, I, somebody told me this just, just recently that um, this kind of blew my mind about that particular phrase that that is Hebrew parallelism. It's saying the same thing twice. That kingdom comes when we do God's will. It's as plain as that. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I think the reason that blows my mind is because I'm prone to think that the the, the kingdom of God is going to come way off in the future, right? I think most of us think that. Well, when the kingdom comes, right? We think of it as something way, way into the future. And especially these days, don't we? I mean, good Lord. What we are living through right now, I mean the the, the death rate, the sickness rate it hasn't it hasn 't fully you know hit richmond yet and 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 we, we seem to kind of almost feel like our lives are normal but then but then we look around at what's happening in other cities and and this horrible disease is affecting the entire country, and world that we live in. It is surreal. There was an article in the Washington Post today by an emergency room physician um, in New York City talking about what her daily life is like. And it is horrific. She has to make split-second decisions. People coming in the room, in the emergency room, that might have only five minutes to live. She's got to make the right decisions, the right choices, and she does it over and over and over. And some live and some die. And then because they're short of staff, she has to talk to the families. My Lord, my kingdom come, Thy will be done. Where can we find that in the world that we live in? Now, now you know, there is an angle of vision, though, um, about that, that I think does bring it into focus in the times that we're living in. Because, you know, Matthew is pretty clear about what the will of God is. First of all, he gives us a Sermon on the Mount, Right? But then, right before the scripture passage that we just read, Matthew 26 is Matthew 25. <laughs> Whatever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. That most poignant text about what the will of God is. When we feed the hungry, when we give thirst to, uh, water to the thirsty, when we attend to the needy, when we welcome the stranger, when we visit people in prison, when we visit them in the hospital. We are, in fact, doing the will of God. That emergency room physician is, in fact, bringing in the kingdom of God in every moment of her life. It's an amazing thing to ponder. And, and, and here at, at, uh, at Second Presbyterian Church, we're seeking to become a Matthew 25 church. I can't imagine what, what a more poignant moment for us to do that. The deacons are calling people, almost every, every, every person in the church, right? And, and, and we're meeting in Zoom meetings. It, it, it may seem insignificant, but we're connecting with people that are hurting, that in some ways that are grieving and fearful of what is ahead. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're bringing in the kingdom in every moment of our, of our lives more than perhaps any time in recent memory when you think about it. Now, now it's one thing to think about Thy kingdom come, that will be done in terms of Matthew 25. But but, but but how do we apply that to the Gethsemane scene? That's a perplexing question. Because traditionally, what we, what we think of when Jesus says not my will but thine be done, we think about Jesus facing into a cross. That it must be God's will for Jesus to go to a cross. But having... Um, just said something um, in a very seemingly contradictory way in, in just a few minutes ago. H- how, how is that the kingdom of God? How is that the embodiment of the kingdom of God? Is the cross the will of God? I must tell you that um, I have come in this uh, point of my life, and I've come at, uh, to this uh, point uh, uh, for a long time now, actually, that I don't believe it is. And I don't believe you can can actually see that in that text. But I do believe this, that Jesus was the kind of person who embodied Matthew 25 in his life. That's what he was about. He was about bringing the kingdom of God into the present reality in every moment of his life in his ministry. And so in this most trying moment, this most threatening, fearful moment, he felt that his task was in fact to face into the same kinds of things that he'd been doing all of his life, yet he was facing into the principalities and powers of the world that deform and deface human existence and create the least of these in our midst. And that's what he was called to be and do. That's the will of God. That's what he was called to, um, to embody in his life. To bring in the kingdom of God to the nth degree, even in a most threatening of circumstance. Now he knew that there would be consequences. I do not believe that God willed those consequences. I believe that God willed, though, that he stand with the least of these Uh, and stand against and resist the principalities and powers of the world that create the the least of these, even in the most trying of circumstances. And that's what we're called to do, uh, be and do you know. Cross-bearing is what uh, Matthew's Jesus calls us to be about. And that doesn't mean take up a cross that we don't already have. It doesn't mean that, 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 that uh, if, if there is some op- op- oppressive cross in our lives that we submit to it. No, we are to be about the same kind of thing that Jesus was about and to be resisting those same crosses in our world, in our lives, in our midst. I'm reminded of a story of um, Brian Stevenson, who I uh, know many of you know all about. Maybe some of you have seen the movie, you've seen, you've you've read the book. I mean, it's one of the most powerful books I believe that I've ever read. There's a scene in that in in that, um, in that book towards the end of the book, where Brian Stevenson is, has his own Gethsemane. Brian Stevenson uh, has a question. I think, before him that is very much like the question of Jesus um, uh, about about doing the will of God. Jimmy Dill, one of his clients, had just been executed. He fought against that execution, tried to get a stay of the execution, but it didn't work, and he broke down and he said, why is it that we kill broken people like Jimmy Dill? Why do we do this? We live in a a system that breaks people. The system is broken itself. Why do I keep fighting in this system? Why do I do it? I've I've, I've got a a staff of 40 people. I could just walk away. I don't need to do this again. But this this is what he came to as he was pondering all that. He said, I don't do this because it's necessary to do it. I do it because I have no choice. He said, I do it because I am just as broken as people like Jimmy Dill. I am just as broken as the people that I'm serving. I do it because we live in a broken world and we're all called to be a redemptive presence in that world. And it seems to me, my friends, that as we are about to move into uh, Holy Week, in this, this, this horrific time in our lives, a, a time that is, is, will we, we'll probably change the way we think about ourselves and the world that we live in, that we, um, we too can answer that question. Why do we do what we do? Why do we follow Jesus into the brokenness of the world? Why, 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 why do we lift up people like Brian Stevenson? Because we're doing the will of God and we're bringing in a little piece of the kingdom of God and that's what we're called to do. We don't do it because we're, we're, we're wonderful, good people, because frankly, we're not all that good. We don't do it because we're liberal, because we don't do it out of charity. We do it because we're broken. We live in a broken world, and we can see it now more than any other time in history. We see the brokenness of people's lives. We see the brokenness of the system. And we also see a God who wants to bring life out of that very brokenness. And if we band together, and I believe we, do, we, we can, and I believe we are, and I'm impressed with Second Presbyterian Church and the way we're doing that under more, most trying of circumstances, then there is a promise that Jesus gives to his disciples in Matthew's gospel. There is a promise that if we seek to do the will of God if we seek to bring in little pieces of the kingdom of God in every way that we possibly can, then Jesus says that the very gates of hell shall not prevail against us. That's the promise that we can be assured of. We can be assured that God brings life out of the death-tending ways of our world. And the people said, Amen.